glad that you are here. In just a moment, you're going to observe one of the two ordinances given to the local church called baptism. And uh, this is a great day to celebrate baptisms and the resurrection. If you are a guest with us this morning, we are so glad that you're here with us. We want to bring you a gift. If you could just kind of raise your hand or if you brought somebody who's a first-time guest, raise your hand for them and we'll bring that to you. Inside of that gift bag is a gift from us to you, which is a Bible we've assembled right here at HBF. Here in a little bit, we're going to have a great message from Pastor uh, or for missionary Mike Van Horn. It's going to be incredible, and so you're going to want to use that Bible to find out where he's at and uh, follow along, and that'll be a great time. That's your our gift to you. There's also some candy and some other things in there, so uh, we'd love to uh, have, get to know you as well. There's a guest card. Here at the end of the, uh, the church uh, service, we'll have a, an offering time. We would love it if uh, when we pass the plate, if you could stick that guest card in there just as a note and a record that you were here. We'd love to reach out to you and thank you for coming. Uh, and we appreciate you coming. That'd be a great gift to just give us that information if you would be willing. And so we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, and uh, what a great day to celebrate Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, right now, what you're going to see is somebody who has followed Christ and their testimony. Their first message they're ever going to preach is going to be preached right here behind me in this baptism tank. And we're excited for what God is doing in their life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. my turn. Okay, um, we have one candidate, Dustin Taylor, and uh, he's making his way here now. And as Brian mentioned, what a perfect day, right? Resurrection day. He wants to say something first. I've always known and believed as a young boy in Christ, but as I grew older and got on the drugs drinking, I lost my faith. Age 17 to 22 years old, I began doing black magic and dabbled with the darkness and the devil. I then got clean off meth March 11th, 2020. God was the key in that battle of the recovery and still is to this present day. But I've been battling with alcohol since that day. February 14, 2022, I was in a very traumatic car accident, which helped me find my faith back again in Jesus Christ. Every day since I try to open my Bible and read the scriptures. March 18, 2022 is when I opened my heart, soul, and spirit and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and asked forgiveness from God. I truly feel like I got saved and is working miracles in my life now. And now I plan to do God's work willingly. So Dustin, if I ever to ask you the question, if you were to die today, are you absolutely confident you'd be with the Lord in heaven? 100%. 100%. Okay, Dustin, based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Bury the likeness of his death. Raise again the likeness of resurrection. The done as the Lord commanded.
What a worship service, amen? It is uh, good to be in the house of God. Uh, I am Brother Van Horn. I served 21 and a half years uh, working in the prison system around America and, and the world. The Lord's allowed me to be in over 30 different countries. And uh, I leaned over to your preacher after that young man's testimony, hearing how the Lord Jesus saved him. And then he followed the Lord in in public display of not being ashamed of Christ (laughs) and told the whole entire congregation that he's a Christ follower, that he believes in Jesus. I looked over at your preacher and said, this isn't fair to do this to me just before I (laughs) preach. Brother Fleshman, thank you for just laboring, going after those sinners. Lord Jesus cast seven devils out of Mary Magdalene, so his testimony doesn't even make me nervous. Amen. (laughs) Matter of fact, uh, the chances are he's going to get something great done for the Lord because whom much has been forgiven loveth much. Amen? Well, boy, it is good to be in the house of God today. I'm going to pray if that's okay because uh, uh, you know what I have found? I found when you, my mom told me this uh, as she was, I, I kind of wish I would have talked to her a little bit more about her personal relationship with the Lord. We always talked about the Lord, but uh, as she was, uh, preparing to pass, uh, I would go in and sit on the bed and just talk with her about the Lord. My mom said this. She said, after she got saved, she was just drawn to the Word of God, drawn to it like a magnet. She said, I, I made up my mind I was going to read it through every year. And she says, the first time it took me two years, 
but every year after that, she read her Bible from cover to cover. And my mom just filled herself with the mind of God. A lot of people want to give you a piece of their mind, amen? Well, we have the mind of Christ. And uh, what we just did here, we loaded up the back of my truck with a whole bunch of the mind of Christ, and we're going to give a piece of God's mind to the world, amen? They're all going to Nigeria. But I I found out when you fill yourself with the mind of Christ, um, when the time comes, the Lord just turns the spigot on. And he lets you just brag on him, man. Now, I don't know how you got here today, whether you came because you had to. Some of the children are in that boat, amen. Uh, Sometimes people come to Easter and Christmas, one of those two holidays, and sometimes people will slip in on the back row. Her testimony of a young man that just slipped in on the back, just coming to church one time on an Easter, and the Holy Ghost of God took the scriptures and pounded it into his heart, amen. But whatever the reason you came today, uh, I hope, first of all, we can learn to worship him. But if you're lost, I hope you, you can learn to love him. Amen. So I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to just kind of let it flow. Is that okay? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you today in your house. Lord, in the place that you've uh, given us, a sacred place, a, a place that's set apart from the world where we can come in and, and worship you freely, where we can sing about you, where we can raise holy hands, where we can... Uh, Lord, obey and observe your ordinances, Lord, the Lord's Supper, and and then to see the baptismal water stirred is just incredible. So, Lord, now it's preaching time, and you said the preaching of the cross to them that are lost is foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. I pray for your power. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just use me as a vessel and tell these dear people what you would like them to hear this morning. And Father, I do pray for the lost around the world as we take this day, the day that you prepared salvation for every man, uh, Lord, that many would come to know Christ as their Savior. And we'll praise you for it all in Christ's beautiful name. Amen and amen. My Bible says the wages of sin is death. Amen. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, the wages of Christ's Love was death. Amen? But because he got paid or received death for his love, he took death, (laughs) hallelujah, and purchased you and me. Amen? We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. He bought us. He paid for us. He ransomed us on that cross of Calvary. That's enough to make a Presbyterian shout. Y'all just looking at me funny already. I had to use that line early. Uh, But I got to thinking, uh, this whole week has just been really a a special time for me. Do do you ever take the days prior to to our resurrection day that we're we're celebrating this morning? And and I I think about, of course, the crucifixion and how brutal it was. Uh, and, And I don't know that you can ever really completely fathom. I know I don't think I could ever completely understand the brutality of the cross of Calvary. Um, We see in the Bible the destruction of what what Christ went through. They tried to to tell it to us in words. I know it's inspired words, but, but, but how do you explain somebody's beard being plucked out and somebody's face being beaten to the point where it was unrecognizable by its own mother? And, and, and to understand the scourging of a cat of nine tails, which is, is really a whip with nine uh, leather strands with metal and sharp stones on the back and being tied to a whipping post and, and those whips being drawn over your back and drugged down, completely exposing the in, inward parts of a man's body. Uh, Most men died on the whipping post, but then Jesus would put the cross on his back and begin to carry it up Mount Calvary where he would then be nailed and suffered and die so you and I could live. Uh, One man said, you know, God put within inside of every human being a breaker switch, uh, a, a cutoff switch, if you will. We can only take so much pain and then we pass out. But to prove his divinity, to prove that he was God, he endured all that pain. 
all that suffering, all that agony, and went to the cross and was still able to utter seven different sayings. I like the one saying, it is finished. It was done. My salvation was finished on that cross of Calvary. When Jesus died on that cross, he died for my sins, wrapped up eternal life in a beautiful gift and said, it's yours if you'll receive it. But as many as received them, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Another one of those sayings was, I thirst. And it just hit me. It just hit me. I was sitting in Sunday school class last weekend, and one of the preacher or the teacher was talking about the seven sayings. And, and when he came across that one saying, I thought to myself, I thirst. There's a rich man in hell that's been thirsting for years. And all he wants is just a little drop of water. And I believe, Brother Fleshman, when he said, I thirst, he wanted us to all to know that he suffered an eternal death. That many that die without him would have to suffer. But yet, because he's God, he's the giver of life. God never created two things in a man. He never had to create breath in a man. The Bible says that he formed man out of the dust of earth, and then he breathed the breath of life into him, and he became a living soul. Hey, we're breathing God's air, amen? We're breathing God's breath. But I don't believe he ever had to create blood either. I believe he gave us a, a, an infusion of his blood, if you will, because the life is in the blood, And it's the blood, I believe, that gives us the life. And because we have accepted the free blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can live. Amen? That's amazing. Now, my mind took me in many different directions when your preacher asked me to to be the speaker this morning. And first of all, I was honored, and I still am greatly honored. And and I began to think and ask the Lord, Lord, what could I I say on, on Easter morning? And and there's just so many places you can go and, and brag about our Savior. But uh, uh, this morning I thought about Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Jesus had already been risen. And, and, and just so he could establish the truth within his apostles. And, and I like the preacher so greatly he spoke this morning in the sunrise service. The apostles didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was going to raise three days, or they wouldn't be hiding on Easter morning, would they? Uh, The ladies were going down to anoint a dead body, so they didn't believe. The only ones that really believed were the Pharisees because they were the ones that said, now look, guys, here's 50 bucks. Tell them you went to sleep, okay? They're the ones that really, really knew. And why did they really, really know? Because they'd been in the Scriptures. They'd been in the Scriptures. But pride would cause them to suffer and die. But I believe there was some of them that... (laughs) had an awakening moment. So Jesus is 40 days alive and well, walking in the earth, establishing among his disciples, I am risen. For 40 days long, these people would experience the nail-scarred hands and the pierced side and would hear the instructions, more instructions from the Lord Jesus himself. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Hallelujah, he's coming back. Amen. Now, it doesn't matter to me. I wouldn't mind flying out of here like Superman. That'd be okay. I'll come back like the Lone Ranger on a white horse. Uh, But you know what? If I have to die to meet him, that'll be okay too. I don't mind that because I've only got to die once. I don't have to die twice. I've only got to die once. But I was sitting in a a preacher's fellowship uh, the other day and and, and all these things about the Lord and, and all these things about the second coming and, and all about the, the fact that he died for you and me. Uh, I, I read in, in, in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verses 1 through 8. And while I was sitting in that preacher's fellowship meeting, I circled that ver, the verse number 1 and I wrote underneath it, Easter 2022. And it was like the Lord said, I want you to preach out of this passage. And I, I thought, an Easter message out of Second Peter chapter 3? Really? Well, uh, I came to the conclusion since I circled it last Tuesday 
um, that Easter 22, uh, and I'd be preaching that that was the passage I was going to use. So I'd like you to take your, your Bible uh, this morning and go over to the book of Second Peter. Aren't you glad he rose? I mean, we serve a God that's alive and well. He'll speak to your heart. He'll guide you. He'll let you know when things are right. I don't know about you, but I love this the worship service uh, here at this church. This, this worship service at Heartland just always stirs my mind. And I come to 2 Peter chapter number 3, and I want you to listen to what God has to say. He said, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking about or walking after their own lusts and saying, where is their promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, and or that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. But, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord, is as, as, as but one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Well, Peter wanted us to know a couple different things. I believe just two, because he's what he said. I, I write unto you both to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He wanted us to remember some things. He, he wanted us to, to remember exactly what brought this all to place. Well, yesterday I, I was up early in the morning. I, I love to get up early, and, and, and it just seems like you're all alone when you're up early. Amen? Those that seek you early. Uh, he preached this morning. When you get up early, uh, most of the time you're by yourself, and, and those are the sweetest times, uh, uh, the sweetest times. When I send out my little devotions, most of the time it's because I was able to be up early and and to write the thoughts that the Lord gave me. But I asked the Lord to allow me to share a few things with our family. My wife's side of the family are uh, uh, predominantly Catholic. There's been a few that's come to know Christ. The Lord's allowed us to, to be a part of some of those coming to know Christ and encouraging those that, that had been saved to continue on, and it's been a great blessing. Uh, we were having a, a family get-together down in Independence on, on her side, of course, and And I wrote a devotions challenging my readers to share the message of Easter with their family. To just let the family know that they're born again and what it means to be born again. And who is this Jesus? My Bible says in the book of Colossians that he is the creator of all things. All things were created by him and all things were created for him. And if Genesis 1-1 says in the beginning God created, then who is Jesus? He's God. Amen. And, and I ask the Lord to, to give me that chance. And most generally, I get a chance to say something at all of our family to get, get togethers. And the Lord granted me uh, that, that opportunity again yesterday. She asked me, her, uh, her sister, which was the one that was hosting the, uh, the get together, she asked me if I'd pray for the food. And I said, Would you mind if I just say a little, a few things? I think she knew I would anyhow. Amen. But you know, the sad thing is, is, is most of my wife's family belongs to a certain faith, but with the Bible being removed from public schools and little, if any, Bible influence in their life because the faith they belong to really doesn't allow them or, or cause them or give them any desire to read and study their own Bible, you know, chances were very high that most of those people have no idea even the origin of Easter. Dating back, if you will, um, to the Passover, to the Passover lamb. So I, I told them that that celebration of Easter, uh, resurrection morning, 
dates all the way back into history where the Jewish people were sold into slavery. There is a wage for sin, amen? There is a wage for unbelief. God's people were sold into slavery and served the Egyptians. Could you imagine going to work every day for somebody else? Could you imagine all the labor you men and ladies do? You get up early and you go to work and and you work hard and you hit that time clock and you get that check, but as you're walking out the door, the straw boss takes your check? Now, that's where the Israelites had been for 400 years, and and they'd been in that bondage. But now it was time to fulfill prophecy. Every prophecy in this Bible will be fulfilled. Many of the prophecies were fulfilled that day of Calvary. Over 100 of them that day alone were fulfilled of what was said of Jesus in the Psalms and in the other prophecies were fulfilled that day on Calvary. Not a bone was broken. They could have broke his bones. They broke the bones of the other two people on the cross. Why didn't they take that or that, that uh, baton and, and break the legs of Jesus? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Holy Ghost of God took that Roman soldier and said, Don't you touch them legs, boy. <laughs> and as much as he may have wanted to, uh, he couldn't. But he had to take a spear and shove it in his side so that the water and blood would come out. Why? Because the mind of God told us that that's exactly what would happen. Exactly what would happen. Everything that was said would happen, did happen. And may I just add, everything that says will happen, will happen. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Time was fulfilled to rescue his chosen people. And our gracious and loving God gave Pharaoh nine different chances to, peace, to peacefully free the Jewish people. Nine different times. But I, I still don't get it. He, uh, uh, he turned the water into blood. He sent frogs. He sent flies. He sent lice. He t- sent darkness. He sent hail. He gave them boils. He killed the cows. And then he killed the firstborn of every single family and creature, the Bible says. That final plague was my soul. Young and old alike were killed. If you were the firstborn and you were a grandpa, uh, you gave up the ghost. Moses was the firstborn. He better know he was going to put some blood on his doorpost and lintel. Man, hurry, 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 get that blood. Because he believed. All the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon the throne even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts. There's no respecter of persons. Good, bad, young, old, all will have to pay the penalty for their own sin. Not a child now, not somebody who's not physically or mentally stable or mentally able, but those that have had the opportunity will have to suffer for their own sin if they choose to deny Christ. But there could have easily been unbelieving Jews in that crowd. Could you imagine that? Well, if you think about it, uh, there wasn't much of a biblical influence for 400 years. They knew they were the Jewish people. They knew about Abraham. Maybe some of the parents were, were zealous, and maybe some of them would read scriptures if they had them. I don't know. Maybe they didn't even have a copy of the Torah at the time. There had to be some around somewhere because God's preserved it for us to have. But could you imagine that entire nation without Scripture, without the understanding, and then all of a sudden here comes Moses? And Moses says, look, the only way out of this thing is we've got to kill that lamb, and we've got to put the blood on the side of the doors and the top. Some of them must have thought, you have got to be out of your mind. But he'd say, no, look, i got to tell you something. I was out in the desert, and that bush was burning, and it wasn't consumed. And God spoke to me out of that bush, and he told me he was going to send ten different plagues. And he told me that nine of them, uh, that Pharaoh was going to just completely deny. And, and, then, and then the last plague is going to be death of the firstborn. Listen to me. If you do not put this blood on the doorpost and the top of your door, you will die. You'll lose your firstborn. Could you imagine the, the, the energy that Moses and Aaron must have had? Because Why? Because they experience the burning bush. 
Our young man that just got baptized experienced the burning bush. He's on fire right now. And I hope and pray, young fella, that that fire will continue to burn because the devil wants to throw the water on it. Amen. But with great zeal. And, and, and Moses would well, no doubt these, these Egyptians are watching all of this stuff. And the great darkness comes over and the Egyptians are over there or the, the Israelites are there in the light and, and the Egyptians are in the dark. And, and Moses saying, I'm telling you, this last plague, you better kill a lamb. So you see, Easter morning uh, goes all the way back to the Passover. And this is the era, the time when the Passover is being celebrated. I told the family that God made a way for all to escape the penalty of their disobedience is to kill that spotted lamb and to prepare the, put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel. And can I tell you something? It worked. <laughs> Imagine that. The death angel would pass over all of those families and the firstborn would live and they were gone. They were out of there. Amen. Millions of spotless lambs were killed for centuries. The Jews were commanded to commemorate the Passover feast every single year. The lambs uh, that were slain were uh, continually slain in hopes that they'll just cover their sin, knowing that they would have to kill another lamb until the Lamb of God came. Seventy years after Jesus died on that cross of Calvary, all sacrifices of the lambs died. It was over. No more sacrifice. There's a little track, H.A. Ironside uh, wrote it, and uh, well, actually, yeah, I believe H.A. Ironside wrote it. I read a book called The Reminiscences of H.A. Ironside. Ironside, if any of you men of God have ever read after him, he's so deep and so it's almost even hard to to, to read him and to study it. it it's just it's got to be a you got to be concentrated. But but what I found out in that book, The Reminiscences of H.A. Ironside, is he was a soul winner. Man, I fell in love with him right away. I love people that tell people about Jesus. Amen. I was asked today if I had my pot, if I had my bullets in my gospel gun. I said, Yeah, I got. It. Amen. We're still fire. I, I I put one in the roll of toilet paper at the hotel today, just like I always do. I pull that roll out, stick that track, wound it up. Somebody'll get that one. Amen. They'll get it. I promise you. Put one behind the iron in the ice box. Just kind of scatter them all over the place, waiting for Jesus to, and they can hear the gospel. Amen. But H.A. Ironside told the story of a Jewish man that was in California. And when he was in California, he had read in the Torah, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And he would go from rabbi to rabbi to synagogue to synagogue and find, where's the blood? That was the question. Where's the blood? Where's the blood? Where's the blood? And finally, he would wander into a little church just like this that was having a revival meeting. And he heard about the blood of the lamb and he called on Jesus and gave his life to the Lord and his sins were covered by the blood of the lamb. I was in Israel this last, uh, in January. It was a great blessing, amen. Uh, the very first time I got to go, they had, a, they had a pastor special, so I got to go for 1200 bucks. I thought, that's pretty cool. It's an amazing, amazing. I did get an extended stay for three days because I got COVID at the end of it, but uh, that's okay. But our bus driver, not the tour guide, the tour guide, born-again, Bible-believing Christian, a great guy. They tell me a lot of Muslims do the tour guides over there. It's crazy. Uh, but we had a great Christian man, and, and our, our bus driver, he would sit over by himself during the, the breakfast time, and everybody else is kind of gathered together. And, and I, I said, I need to go sit with Amir. And I went over, and I sat with Amir, and we'd talk. Each morning, I'd talk with him. And I, I, I said, Amir, I said, what's your faith? I said, are you a Christian? He goes, oh, no, no, no. He says, I'm, I'm a Jew. And I said, well, man, that's great. I said, I'm so glad for the Jewish people. I said, you all gave us our Bible. And I said, you gave us our Messiah. And I said, Amir, let me ask you a question. I said, uh, listen, for 20-some years, you have carried people from point to point to point. You've listened to tour guides explain about Jesus. You've taken them to the Garden of Gethsemane where he would sweat great drops of blood and say, not my will, but thine be done. You would then watch him walk over uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane or over to, the, uh, 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 over to Calvary. You'd go to where the tomb was, and it'd be empty. It's still empty. <laughs> Amen? Nothing in it. And I said, Amir, I said, where's the blood? And it just so happened I had purchased a packet of them tracks. And I had one in my pocket. And I said, Amir, I want you to take this little gospel track back to your room. I said, I just want you to read it. I just want you to read it. He said, okay. 
So the next morning, I'm walking out, and I'm, I'm walking down the hallway, and, and a door pops open, and out comes Amir with his great big smile on his face. He said, I read that track. He said, I now have Jesus in my heart. I said, hallelujah. I said, glory to God. It's amazing. So, so what I did is, is that day at, lunch, or at breakfast, I said, Amir, I said, I, I think I can get a copy of this track in Hebrew. So I went back to the website where I ordered it, and sure enough, there's a track called The Blood in Hebrew. And man, I, I forwarded it to him, and he said, oh, thank you, thank you. Well, the last day when, when we're getting ready to check out uh, and, uh, and go, we're down having breakfast again, and there were several other guys with me. I said, now, Amir, I said, are you sure you got the Lord? He says, oh, yes, yes. He said, I have also sent that little pamphlet to my son, and we are going to be talking about it. I said, hallelujah. It's the blood. It's the blood. We do have a bloody religion, if you will. First Peter, uh, the Bible says this in First Peter chapter three, and First uh, Peter chapter three, and uh, verse eighteen. First Peter chapter three and verse eighteen. For Christ also has suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Amen. He conquered death and hell just like he promised. As the prophets of old told us in his word, I told our family that Jesus did so for our sins. I told him what Christ did on the cross. I I told him that he was born when you're very first born as a child. You have no sins behind you. Isn't that wonderful? And I said, when you're born again, I said, none of your sins will ever be held against you. Past, present, or future, then I quoted his word, Brother Fleshman. This is the promise that I say unto them, or that I give unto them, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And to hear the precious words of my Savior say, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah, glory to God. Not one of them will ever be brought up to to God's attention because they're under the blood of the Lamb. And I told them this, and I, I, I wish that, uh, I honestly do, I, I wish that they would come to know Christ. Uh, some of them have, but um, not often do they, they get back with me. Isn't it sad, though? We just sow seeds, don't we? We just sow seeds, and eventually, maybe someone will win them to Christ. That's my prayer. Well, as I, uh, I would really like you at some time today, we don't have time. I could stand up here and preach for four or five hours. I mean, I'd just have a good time. I'd just... Really, I just love it. But I really would, would like to just challenge you to go back sometime today and spend about 20 minutes in your Bible and read the chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the gospel. Because if Christ, if we could get to work or get to heaven with our good works, then Christ died in vain, church. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That cross is empty. And, and, and Peter said, I just want to stir up your mind. I want you to be remembered, to be reminded of these things. But then as I, can, I continued on, and I, I read in this passage that, that in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, he said that there's going to be scoffers. He said, knowing this first, there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust. You know, there's people out there that have spent their lives trying to prove that that the exodus never took place, that, that the crossing uh, of, the, uh, of the Red Sea never happened. Uh, uh, they try and say that there's no archaeological proof of any of this stuff, and they've got big articles written. Los Angeles Times ran a big article of it saying it's all a hoax. Scoffers are going to come. Well, Cain scoffed God and killed Abel, didn't he? Started right from the beginning of time. Actually, if you want to get right down to it, I guess Adam scoffed just a little bit when him and Eve decided that they could eat the fruit and think they'd be okay. Boy, could you imagine how the lights went off that day? They had to know. They had to, well, I know they knew. They thought they were naked, so they hid themselves. They scoffed. An untold number of people scoffed at Noah while he was building a boat in the middle of the desert, amen? What are you doing building a boat? What's a boat? laughing, mocking, ridiculing, but boy, when the rain started coming, Noah, Noah, let us in. You die without Christ, you can pound all you want. You'll not be in. 
Joseph's brothers scoffed at the special treatment his father gave to him, and they sold him into slavery. Pharaoh scoffed at Moses and Aaron until destruction overshadowed his entire kingdom. Well, I highly doubt re-election was in his, in his uh, language after that, huh? The Jews scoffed at Moses because they wandered in the wilderness. After seeing all these miracles, they still scoffed at Moses. The Pharisees scoffed at John the Baptist, didn't they? They made fun of him. They ridiculed him. John the Baptist was saying, there's coming one that's greater than me. I can't even untie his shoe latchets. And he will take away the sins of the world. Could you imagine John the Baptist out there preaching and baptizing, just working every day, just what God called him to do, just out there baptizing, just preaching, and all of a sudden, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He showed up on the scene. Jesus is going to show up on our scene, amen? Maybe we'll get to see him in the clouds and he'll call us up and we'll be a part of that. That would be wonderful. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to hold off for a little bit because he's not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but all should come under repentance, amen? There's still people getting saved, hallelujah. Well, um, the Horoni people of Ecuador scoffed at Jim Elliot when he tried to tell them about Christ. Has anyone ever scoffed at you for trying to witness to him? I've been mocked and ridiculed. I walked into a prison one time, the very first cell. I tried to tell somebody about Jesus. That dude took to cussing me, and he cussed and yelled for an hour. I mean, the whole place, just that's all they do is cuss and talk. He probably had him a whole legion of demons in him. Have you ever been scoffed? You'll be scoffed. You'll be ridiculed. Why shouldn't you be scoffed or ridiculed? Jesus was. I'm not better than him. There's always going to be scoffers, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Jesus needs us. That's incredible to be needed, isn't it? I loaded up that old Chevrolet pickup truck of mine out there. We all the men that came out and helped. Thank you, Brother uh, brother Randy, wherever you are. Thank you, folks, that helped put them together. Glory to God. They're going to Nigeria, and some are going to a prison or, or jail in Georgia. And, and uh, it's just incredible. Uh, but can I tell you something? Um, there's people that scoff about what we do with that. There's people that scoff, and, and, and it's going to be labor, and there's going to be work. But even though they scoff, the blood of Jesus is readily available, amen? Readily available. But God needs us. We had that old truck loaded up. Come to find out my rear tires had about 15 pounds in it. <laughs> Well, I got, it's hard telling how many pounds are on that half-ton Chevrolet pickup truck out there, but it's loaded to the hill. It can't get another box in the back, and it's down like this, and the tires are saying, help! <laughs> well, we needed, a, we needed an air truck to fill the thing up. Man, guys just scattered. Everybody went. Well, I, I think I can get one over here. I can get one here. And it was like the first one back wins the prize. Amen. But everybody rallied together. We got air in the tires, and you'd never know there's that many pounds in the back of that old Chevrolet. <laughs> God needed somebody to put some air in my tires, amen? And God needs us, and he needs you. The blood of Jesus is always available. I want to take you early, uh, late last night. I continued to read, and, and I want you to see uh, what the Lord says from verse number 8 through 18. I always love coming here because your preacher doesn't mind the scriptures being read, <laughs> I'd rather let you hear what Jesus said than I would me. But in this same passage where Jesus, where the apostle Peter, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God, says he wants to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And then he says he wants you to be mindful of the word. So he wants you to be stirred up because of the Passover. He wants you to be stirred up because Jesus, uh, the... The, the ultimate Passover, amen, the one that died so you and I could live, no more blood sacrifice because of that sacrifice. And then he said, there's scoffers coming. Not everybody's going to believe what we have. They're not. But then Peter would go on to say, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. There is a day coming for each of us born-again, Bible-believing children of God.
And that day is we're going to see our Savior face to face. Do you believe that? I do. I wouldn't be running the roads and flying. I just, I just made the million mile mark on Delta. Amen. That's just one airline. A million miles flying. The old Chevrolet's got 684,000. By the time I get home today, it'll be 685,000 miles on the old girl. And that's just one vehicle we burned up. Well, it ain't burned up. It's still burning. Amen. For Jesus. And it's like, but one day I'm going to see him face to face. Man, alive. So then we see this. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering. You know, there's a lot of people that scoff, and young man, it's hard telling how many times you scoffed at Jesus. Uh, if you're in the dark world, the dark world often scoffs at Him and mocks Him and makes fun of uh, Satan scoffed and mocked Him. But there's coming a day, and I've asked for a front row seat. Amen. My tickets are reserved. i got a front row seat. Hallelujah. When Jesus kicks the devil off into hell for all eternity, glory to God. That's going to be all right with me. I want a front row seat. But He's not slack concerning His promises. As some men count slackness, some men just aren't doing a thing. Nothing. But he's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come under repentance. Now, I honestly believe Jesus could come back right now. But honestly, with this particular passage, it makes me think he's going to be a while. There's people getting saved all over the world right now. There's people being saved today in these services. Around the world, there's services just like this. People are flocking to Christ in other nations. Mexico, there's a huge revival going on in Mexico. Even in China and some of these other countries, there is a huge, huge amount of people that are coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So why would Jesus come back now if there's multitudes coming to Him? Make sense? So what do we got to do? We just got to keep working. And when it comes to the day when Jesus can't find eight, like He couldn't get eight, any more than eight on the boat of Noah, and He couldn't find ten and in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, then He's going to say, okay, get the trumpet, Gabe, let's go. And then we're going to the house. Hallelujah. The whole crowd is. <laughs> That's going to be a great time, isn't it? But then he goes on to say this. <clears throat> but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall mount with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Church, I'd like to tell you today that the Passover took place. There was a Red Sea crossing. Uh, if those so-called New York Times or Los Angeles Times um, writers would just simply look into a little deeper into the archaeological findings, they'd find chariot wheels in the middle of the Red Sea. Now, how in the world did they get there? <laughs> they'd find all kinds of evidence. And that evidence could lead to faith. And that faith would produce eternal life if they so chose but this book says if they don't, they're going to die. And they're going to burn in a lake of fire. And if you don't, and if your children don't, and if your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and your nephews and your co-workers don't, they're going to be burned up with a fervent heat, my Bible says. And it's our responsibility to tell them. Seeing, in verse 11, then, that all these things shall be dissolved... What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversations and godliness? Boy, Peter's putting this on us, isn't he? He is putting it on us. We have our memories stirred up. We're in church on Easter. Some of us came on sunrise service to worship the, the, or the, the sunrising, the, the empty tomb and going, <laughs> wow. So we've been stirred up. We've been reminded. But that reminding and that stirring up should cause us to go and to, to tell and to warn and to be a part of anything you can be a part of while you're in this place, amen? Looking for the hasting under the coming of the day wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Could you imagine not having to go to a restaurant and listen to some old boy cussing. 
Man, I went to the Waffle House the other day, and this old dude had a foul mouth. You'd have thought he was a sailor, amen? If you're a sailor in here, I'm sorry, but a lot of sailors have foul... Well, I was an airman, and I had a foul mouth too. Thank God for grace, amen? Could you imagine living... I can't wait to, to live in this world where there's no sin. And that day's... I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I know we're going to be on the earth for a thousand years, ruling and reigning, right? So... I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get me a Harley that doesn't leak. <laughs> I know I'll drive a Chevrolet because it's built like a rock. Amen. I, I, I don't know. But I know one thing. It's going to be righteous. It's going to be perfect. There's going to be no sin. There, 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 I'm not going to have to wake up and think to myself, oh, Lord, please help me today not to mess up. Anybody like me? Oh, Lord, please watch my mind and my eyes and my my mouth, and Lord, please help me. Don't let me fall asleep while I'm driving, amen. Um, help me. We, we won't have to worry about that anymore. And then he says, Wherein, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And the account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also According to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Can I tell you the number two is a number of witness? <laughs> of the Jewish people, nobody could be put to death unless there was at least two that gave witness. Except Jesus. Amen. And all also in his epistles, speaking to them of these things. Uh, there's about 500 people that watch Jesus ascend up into heaven. And then angel says, what in the world y'all looking at, man? He's coming back. That's, that's redneck talk. Amen. He's coming back. And he's coming back in the same manner. He's coming back in the clouds. Hallelujah. And he said this, um, And also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved... Seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. I don't think for one second you can fall from your sin or fall from your salvation. Amen. Because too many places in the Bible it tells us that our salvation is eternal because it's not of works. You can fall from your steadfastness and lose your testimony in a New York second, can't you? But you can't lose your salvation. And then he gives us this, this challenge. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And we will forever enjoy the precious promises of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forever, if you've been saved. But if you're in this room and and you're not 100% for sure. And you've heard us say that before from this pulpit. And, and I liked what the young man said. I am 100% sure I'm going to heaven. Uh, and that, that confidence rests in the scripture. And it not only rests in the scripture, but it rests in a spirit that's become alive. The wages of sin is death. The body didn't die. The soul didn't die. You can still think here. You see, feel pain, have compassion like the rich man in hell. But the spirit died. The Bible says God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. May I ask you today, how can a dead spirit worship a live God? Impossible. It can't. That's why Jesus said you have to be born again. Made it so simple. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord uh, is uh, for the same Lord is rich unto all. Or anyhow, I'll finish that part. And then he says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, not might be." So that part's settled. But can I tell you something? Peter's warning us: don't get put on the shelf. Get busy. Get in the book. Get yourself so filled up with the book, so filled up with God, so filled up with good godly music. Don't let the devil's music get into your mind because it will take away your worship in a New York second. Fill your mind with the worship. Fill your mind with the word. Fill your mind with the Savior. 
But if you've never been born again, then today would be a wonderful day to do that. As I was going over my message this morning, I thought about uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse number 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. These words tell us, if you deny Christ, you will have to die the second death, which is eternal torment. But the good news is, simple childlike faith and asking the Lord for the free gift of eternal life, you'll live forever with Him. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, pastor's coming. Listen carefully as he gives the invitation. The invitation will be simple because salvation is simple. It's not difficult. Jesus did the work. You received the gift. If you're not saved today, do that. If you are saved, and maybe you haven't been steadfast in your service, maybe today would be a great day to say, you know what, I'm going to come up to the pastor or something. I'm going to get to work. I'm going to see what I can do. There's room in the addiction program, no doubt. There's room in the Bible assembly program, no doubt. There's room in the discipleship, Sunday school classes. There's, there's room. There's room for you to help. Father, I love you. I thank you again for allowing me this opportunity, Lord, to exalt your beautiful name. Thank you for salvation. Thank you most of all for Calvary. Thank you for what you did on that cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. As we think about what we've heard and the things we need to remember, we need to remember the blood of Christ. We need to remember the Lord's soon return. We need to remember the wrath of God that abides upon those who mock God, those who, you know, mess with God, those who mess up, those who are mixed up. All of us have been there. The issue is, have we been saved? Have we remember the Lord's words? Our brother has made it very simple this morning to understand the gospel. The gospel itself means good news. There's good news that we don't have to perish right in the midst of a chapter that's dealing on judgment right in the midst of it right it says that god is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance this morning if you're here and you haven't had an opportunity or you have had an opportunity and you've missed it and you know right now that it's your day to to actually seize the opportunity to be saved we call it saved from what saved from our sin saved from hell saved from eternal death separated from god we would love to invite you to to know the lord in a very personal way and the way you do that is simply receive the gift of eternal life. Salvation is, is not free. It costs God his son, but it's free to us to receive. We just have to call upon the name of the Lord, and we're saved. And this morning, if you'd like to be saved, just simply raise your hand right where you are. Just say, Brian, that's me. Thank you, Bray. Anybody else? Say, Brian, I, this is really where I'm at. I need to have this assurance. I know. Maybe you know. Maybe the Spirit of God's convicted you that you are not saved. But if you were to die today, do you know 100%, like our brother in the baptism tank, that you would spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? That's not because we're good people. It's because Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for us. Our salvation is not based in our works of righteousness. It's based in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And I pray this morning, if that's you, if you're struggling in your heart, and you're just waiting for me to end this invitation so you, the pressure will release. I just pray that you don't let that happen. That you yield to the Spirit of God. That you receive the gift of eternal life. Because today is the day of salvation. God loves you. We love you. And it may feel like you, your, your legs weigh a thousand pounds. But I'm going to ask you to even go beyond just raising your hand. If you're here and you say, Brian, I need to be saved. I just want you to look up at me and wave at me. Just show me. who This is me. I need to be saved. I'll come to you. Is there anybody at all to my left, in the middle, to my right? God loves you. Let's stand together in an attitude of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we continue in prayer, Lord, I want to pray for your saints this morning. Lord, all of us are mixed up and messed up at different times, but Lord, it's your word, as, as, our, as uh, Brother Van Horn said, that keeps us straightened up. Lord, it's the Spirit of God that teaches us all things, that brings comfort to our hearts, Lord, that convicts us of sin. Lord, it helps take away the hurt and the pain of our hearts, Lord, that gives us the, the balm that we need to, to uh, follow you in faithfulness. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, may we be whole today. Lord, you came out of the grave and you remind us that, uh, Lord, you bring dead people to life. Lord, you resurrect relationships with you and with others. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the reality of the resurrection and how that impacted the disciples, how that impacted the world, how that impacts the church, and how, as, as Brother Van Horn has very much uh, encouraged us as Christians, to continue in the work of the ministry. Lord, thank you for the body of Christ this uh, weekend who's worked very hard the last several weeks uh, leading up to today. Thank you for all the things that have been done, Lord, from cooking food to, uh, to, to patching concrete, Lord, to cutting trees down, to doing all kinds of things, cleaning carpets, so many details. Lord, also we could come to this moment and, and just recognize that, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. But Lord, with you, all things are possible. And so, Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the resurrection and the reconciliation that we have on each and every individual basis. Lord, help us not to be forgetful, but to be good hearers and to remember what we've heard. Lord, help us not to forget the, the blood that was shed for us. Lord, help us not to, uh, you know, forget. Help us to, to uh, be mindful of the wrath of God uh, that would have been upon us that are saved, but is not because of the wrath that Jesus Christ uh, was was uh, put under on the cross as He took that full cup and measure of wrath on the cross. And Lord, then we thank you for the resurrection and how we need to remember that this morning, and how the, there's so much power in that. And like the apostles, Lord, give us the grace to continue in the ministry. Lord, I pray if you're calling some to salvation, Lord, of course, Lord, we want to see that. But maybe, Lord, we just had a big week a couple weeks ago about answering the call. and Or maybe you're working in people's hearts to, to be involved in discipleship, to join this church, to follow our brother's example of baptism. Heavenly Father, whatever it is, that obedient thing that needs to be done, if there's any omissions or commissions, Lord, I pray, God, they'd be sorted out this very morning. And Lord, that every single soul would walk out of here right with you and with one another. With heads bowed and eyes closed, as we are about to finish, I just want to ask, if you're a saint this morning, you're born again, you know you're saved, but God has spoken to your heart, and you're looking for God to just do a new work in your life today, and you need to walk out here in the power of the resurrection. You need, you need a touch from God. I pray that God would give you that today, that you would be right with God, right with your fellow brother, sister, husband, wife, child, father, mother, whatever, because God needs us to go out of here empowered and do what Brother uh, Mike told us to do and go out and share the gospel with our family. Man, if there's anything hindering you, lay that down at the altar today. Let go of that thing. Get rid of that thing. And remember that it was Easter 2022 when you finally let go and let God have that. Is there a brother or sister that says, Brian, I just need some prayer? Amen. I see several hands. I'm praying for you. Heavenly Father, we conclude this time in prayer. I, I saw brothers and sisters with hands in the air. They need they have a touch, Lord, that they need from you. And Lord, I thank you for the word that we've heard. I thank you for the spirit of God that teaches us and convicts us and encourages us. Lord, I'm so, it's so good to, to, to meet new people today. Lord, it's so good to, to be reacquainted with folks that perhaps we haven't seen in a while that are part of our family. It's so good to, to just come together, uh, Lord, after a couple years of disruptions and, and, uh, and all kinds of fears and all kinds of things going on in our culture, to be in your house. Lord, with, under your word, Lord, with your people, Lord, it's so beautiful to see the children today laughing and enjoying time together in church, the, the meals that we shared together, the word that we've been under today, Lord, all because of you. Because just, just a little under 2,000 years ago, Lord, you died on the cross in our place, and you rose again, and you're alive right now, and you are in our midst this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that we wouldn't miss it. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be tied to the Word of God, as, as Mike was talking about his mother, every day in the Word of God, fellowshipping. Lord, I pray, God, that we'd be walking with you in the cool of the day, in the early hour, seeking you early. Lord, I pray for the hurting heart. Lord, I pray for the encouraged heart. I pray for every heart, Lord, that we would go out of here in the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, with the Word of God in our hearts and in our lips, and the beautiful feet, Lord, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We thank you, we praise you, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to take up an offering here in just a minute. And I would remind those of you that um, as we uh, conclude the service, Ron's going to be coming and we're going to close in a, in a song. But as we uh, prepare to take up the offering, if you are a guest with us, uh, you're not going to believe this. We don't want your money. We just want to get to know you. So as the plate comes by, if you could just drop 
uh, drop that guest card. Uh, and if you don't have a guest card, there's a little piece of paper on the bulletin. You could tear that off, put your name on it. Drop that in the uh, offering as it goes by. And uh, we, will get, uh, we will get back with you as uh, soon as we can this week. I also need to mention, I want to thank all of you that uh, worked yesterday and throughout the last several weeks. Everybody's been working, the kitchen crew, uh, all kinds of things going on. Uh, just want to praise God for all the, the work uh, that, that has been going on today. And uh, thank you for your offering uh, in as far as your sacrifice of your life, your time. And uh, also uh, thank you for bearing with the inconvenience of the parking uh, under the portico. Hopefully by next week that will be restored. So, uh, but praise God, we got some some uh, some things patched yesterday out on the concrete. So forgive us for uh, impeding some of the progress there. So with that, I'd like to just ask a blessing on the offering, and uh, and then I think Ron Ron oh Ron's going to come and sing us out. Do you have an announcement to make? Oh, okay, okay. Well, we were, but go ahead. If you need to make announcements, let's go ahead and. Do you need to make announcements for real? No, let's not, let's not do that. Okay, let's go ahead and, uh, and ask a blessing on the offering. We're going to sing ourselves out. If there's anything special, if you're a church member, we'll send you an email and get that out to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to uh, just come and worship with you. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to give back to you this morning. I pray God a very special blessing on, uh, on all the, the, the things that have been said, all the things that have been done in our hearts, Lord. And like the disciples, it took us some time uh, to really focus in and, and tune in on what happened on the day of the resurrection. Lord, I pray that as we leave here today, we would continue to meditate and think deeply upon what we have heard, that we would uh, meet with you tonight, uh, Lord, as the disciples did, that we would remember um, the things that you've said to us and that we would continue uh, day after day to spend time with you, knowing that you have ascended and you have sent us forth to accomplishing your mission and your power for your glory until your soon return. Thank you so much today for your word and the offering that, uh, that we have heard from the word of God. We pray a blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen.